How about some Mike Likes It? Oh, with a special guest. Brought to you by Sonic. Mm, good. Good grab a seat. We're All glad right. to have you on here. Man, can't believe I'm sitting down with little two-year-old Jack Lider That's here. That's not two-year-old Jack Lider, Oh, it is Lider, a two-year-old Mike. Jack Lider. He is a All different right. man now. So, Jack, we're glad to have you here. Are you well aware that Mike is going to tell stories about you as a kid because he played <laughs> alongside your dad? And if you weren't prepared, you still have time to leave. I don't know if I was prepared for that, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested in this. We were having a talk about Texas because today is Texas Independence Day. Am I right about that, Kevin? Yes, that is Got correct. That right. We are talking about the Alamo, and I have a parent who they didn't grow up in Texas, so they had to learn about the Alamo through their kid going to school. You not growing up at all in Texas, what can you say or know about the Alamo? Um, I didn't come on here for, for history. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, not coming from Texas, you really don't learn a lot about it. Um, we... I mean, drove by it playing in, uh, you know, playing there last year. But uh, no, I mean, See? that sounds like you did not go to the Alamo. Well, then, there's did not you? a no. Yeah, I haven't been, and I don't know enough about it. So it's only a Texas thing. Mm. What? Okay, then what do you think of like if there's just one thing before you got here? Like, what's the most Texas thing? Because that's what we were kicking around. Is it Alamo blue bonnets, barbecue, the Cowboys? Like, what what comes to your mind? Obviously, I mean, now the Rangers, but. First thing that comes to my mind is just the fact that people say everything's bigger in Texas, which right. is which is pretty pretty evident once you get to the state. Um, and I mean the Cowboys, the Cowboys is a is a big one. Um, I think just ge in general, like sports, high school football. I think of that. That's a good one. That's a really good one. So when it comes to last year pitching in Frisco. Uh, and coming into this season, what did you do this off season to say, okay, that was my first year of professional baseball, got that under my belt, and now I need to do these things for 2023? Yeah, I did a lot. I mean, um, I wasn't wasn't ha uh, satisfied or happy with with much of the year last year, and and I wanted it to go differently this year. And I knew that that takes place in the off season, and I take pride in my in my work in my off season, you know, the progress that I make every off season. So the beginning was a body thing. I lost a lot of weight last year. so During just, the season, as the season progressed? Yeah, I okay. think I lost, um, you know, towards the end of the season especially, I was down, you know, like 192, somewhere in there, um, in that range. And now I'm up around 210, 208. So I put on some weight, especially in the beginning of the off season. put on some muscles, some strength, and um, just focused on, like, nutrition and putting on good weight. And then that was probably the first month was just, you know, get the body right. And then after that, it was it was mechanical. It was uh, just cleaning up some inefficiencies in my in my uh, mechanics to help my body move, to help command and just help everything come along together. And then at the end, it was refining my pitches, and my command and all that and becoming, you know, a, a pitcher yeah. going into spring training. And then some guys go back to college to do that because they feel comfortable there. Obviously, you have a father and an uncle who played plenty of Major League Baseball. Who did you kind of go to for once it became, all right, now let's kind of start working off the mound. Where did you go there for the offseason? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to have some, some really good sources with my dad, with the Rangers, and then with Vanderbilt. Um, coach Scott Brown there, the pitching coach at Vanderbilt, is – the best of the best in my opinion so I was there I was in Nashville working out at Vanderbilt and I was bouncing ideas off of you know pitching coordinators here 
pitching coach at Vanderbilt and my dad, obviously. So it was just a really good way to roadmap my offseason and go into what were the best things for me to work on and how can I, you know, make myself the best and most prepared pitcher I could be going into camp. And that's kind of what I felt like I did. Super productive offseason. Jack, I went to your first game in Frisco last year, and it was a packed house, man. It was a, it was a great environment, too. And I was kind of curious, did you see that everywhere you went, or did it kind of taper off after that? And did that affect kind of how you, how you pitched throughout the year at all? I mean, it's obviously different um, in terms of, like, the hype around the yeah. games. Um, it's a step down from the SEC is, is minor league baseball. You don't really get it much better than SEC baseball until the big leagues. So – um, that's, that's one thing is, you know, the adrenaline isn't always kicking the same and you gotta, you gotta work your way through these things and, and learn about yourself. And I think I learned a lot about myself. So just feel much more prepared overall going into another season. Now you mentioned working out in Nashville. What do you think about the, the, uh, kind of evolution of Nashville into becoming the bachelorette party <laughs> capital of the country over the last few years. I mean, really, yeah. there's lots of sashes. Yeah. Nashville, yeah. I mean, it's gotten super touristy, but that's just the mainly just the downtown area. There's a lot of areas in Nashville that are kind of the uh, the local the local kept secrets. I think so. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to Nashville, and it's a really great place to spend an off season. I think. A lot of guys are catching on. There's more and more, it seems like, every year. There's a, there was a shocking amount when I went up there of people who hang out on roof, rooftops in the downtown area. <laughs> I was not prepared for how many people are just like, let's just chill and drink out here. <laughs> the rooftops. They, they did. <laughs> Everywhere. We don't have a lot of Dallas rooftop bars. Yeah. yeah. We need yeah. Some more of Every those. country music star had their own bar, too. And I was like, oh, okay. It's the touristy part of that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And we definitely got sucked into that yeah. part. Mm-hmm. So you get drafted second overall this last draft. Your teammate, Kumar Rocker, gets drafted third overall. I don't know y'all's relationship at all, but in, or if you guys are going to be playing together this season at all. But, you know, is it kind of cool that you guys could be back together again? Yeah, it's awesome um, just to see that familiar face. And we both had a lot of success um, on, the, on the same pitching staff in college. And uh, – I think we made each other a lot better. We have different personalities and different kind of ways to attack things, but I was able to learn a ton from him, and I think he learned some things from me too. When you say you y'all made each other better, were y'all competing against each other? Not, I mean, you're, it's a friendly competition, but were y'all kind of competing? Like he went out and shut a team out. Now I got to go do the same thing. Was that kind of what y'all did at Vanderbilt a little? In a way, yeah. I mean, you're always just competing against the other team, mm-hmm. obviously, and. Um, I think anybody who's been on, you know, successful pitching staffs would say that, um, you know, you, I mean, you want to be, you want to be great. You want to be the best. Um, and you want everyone else to be the best too. So, you know, that year we were fortunate enough to be, to both have some, some really, uh, really solid years. And, um, it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun when, you know, things are, things are going well for the, for the whole pitching staff. So you root for them. And then when you, when it's your turn to go out, you want to go out and dominate. Now, we, real quick, we yeah. talked to Al last year, and one of yeah. the first things he told us was, "Let him, let him grow." Don't, don't, because we were like, we were excited. We were excited that you were here. We we're like, man, this is a lot of fun to to, to see what he's going to do. And he was like, "Let him have his development." And so we, we watched that and observed it throughout the year and everything. And now the Rangers go out and get a bunch of top tier pitching, and it kind of there's a little bit of a gap now where maybe you have a little more time to develop. Is that kind of the feeling, or is it like, no, nah, I got to still get to to the majors as quickly as possible? Um, I mean, you still just go about your business day to day, and um, I kind of trust that when I'm ready, and um, you know, I I hope to be ready soon. It, it'll be. Uh, 
you know, they'll, they'll give me a shot. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to most, and I'm doing what I can do, and that's, that's just take it one day at a time and keep getting better. I like your answer just because when I was with the Mets, they brought in David Cohn after I had a pretty good year in the major leagues. And I remember that moment after spring training was over and I didn't have the best spring training going, you know what? I didn't concentrate on what I needed to do. I was looking at my competition and seeing, well, if I can just do better than them instead yeah. of saying, how good can I be and looking at others? So, I mean, I've been through it. and I, Your dad was one of my mentors and really helped me with mental things and tried to help mm. me also getting guys out. But I just remember that moment. And David Cohn was a great guy. It's just don't concentrate on the others. Concentrate on me. And I loved your answer there. And that's the thing, thing about pitching, too. It's not catching where there's one guy out there there's always there's always movement in a in a overall pitching staff and you just do what you can to help the team and hopefully uh that can be soon kevin i'm kind of curious we asked the question yesterday to john gray do you like to strike somebody out looking or do you like to oh, throw yeah. a junk ball that yesterday i said hit him in the junk but that was not <laughs> we kind of messed that, that up. was way off on that we throw a junk ball he established authority yesterday <laughs> with the second pitch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah was, or do you like to, to get somebody when you're like throw one in the dirt and they're like i swung because i just didn't know what was going to go on i think it's i think it's always nice to get a strikeout swinging whether it's breaking ball in the dirt or beat him with a heater that he swings swings and misses at that's that's kind of more of a, an empowering thing, I think. But to go ahead and put the – he hit him in the junk and he struck out would also be something that I think you can say, I did it. Not, not a lot of people have done that. I'm not totally sure about the <laughs> physics of that, but I would love to see it go down. I really, really would. Now, you were talking about focusing on what you focus on. I am curious, is that tough to do with the fans? Because I know you've heard it, and this is not breaking news to you, but when you got drafted – we are not the best organization at developing pitchers. And people are like, oh, he's going to be the next guy. He's going to save us. And Kumar Rocker is <laughs> going to do this. I'm sure you've heard that. Does that add to your expectations? Or are you already like, I know what I expect. Like, what other people expect, I can't control that. Yeah, I mean, I've always said that my expectations for myself internally are really, really high. So um, if I'm not meeting them, I'm going to be disappointed. And if I am, I'm going to try to keep going. Um, so there really aren't other external expectations that are anything higher than what I put on myself. So there's nothing that really, really takes me off guard. And, you know, when I'm underperforming, I expect people to, you know, be, be a little upset about that. Cause I'm upset about it. I know you got to pitch with the pitch clock last year in double a, and we're watching it somewhat for the first time in spring training. I noticed a Dodger yesterday against Justin Foscue do something that I never thought of. Foscue called timeout. And so he didn't have any timeouts left. So the pitcher came set at 10 seconds and held for eight seconds, knowing mm. that the hitter cannot call timeout. The runner on the base now has to just sit there for pretty much eight Heavy seconds. Feet. Yeah. And I was just thinking, wow, I never thought of that strategy mm. of after a, a hitter calls a timeout of holding the ball that long and the hitter can't call timeout to stop play. I'm wondering last year in double a were there different things that we just as fans don't know of yet because we're not following double a games on how to manipulate clock situations yeah i mean there's there's a lot um last year in double a obviously we didn't have the pitch comm so a lot of it was getting your sign and i think there was some clock related stress on my part from you know i hope we can get through this sign sequence especially with the guy on second before the clock hits zero especially if i'm going to shake a couple times but now with the pitch comm it kind of fixes that i'd never used it and i'm actually really liking it so far with just the uh, the pitch com telling you what pitch to throw because you could do it before you even get on the rubber. So I think there is more strategy involved now once you can come set and have a lot more time left. There was a lot more times where I was coming set and I kind of had to go last year, but I did see that yesterday, and that's 
I mean, that's an interesting strategy because I have always liked, you know, a long hold to mix it in there. Now, we need to come up with a new rule to help out pitchers because they eliminated the shift to try to help out the batters. <laughs> and I'm just like, if you, if you can't ridiculous. figure it out, that's on that, you. Yeah. Like, work hmm. on that better. What would be a pitching rule we could potentially uh, we could potentially have to help balance it out? I mean, they don't usually like to add rules to help pitchers. It seems like all the rules are. <laughs> are you the defense of football? You're uh, like, yeah, I can't, I can't. So yeah. we got to make more offense and that's, make it pop and everything like that. It seems like that's that's the trend, but uh, I don't know. I got to think on that one. We'll Start raise the mound strikes. a little bit more, just a little bit. Well, yeah, raise the mound a yeah, bit. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what could be cool for you and our audience. They probably don't know too much about Anthony Volp. Am I saying his last name right? Vol- Volpe. Volpe. Volpe is you guys were high school teammates, and he is a premium shortstop prospect for the Yankees. That could be really cool. I was just thinking if you guys probably are going to get to face each other at some point in your careers, but could you imagine if you both somewhat made a debut at the same time and you got to face your high school teammate? It'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've dreamed on that. Um, I mean, playing, playing on the same team in high school, we dreamed about playing on the same team at the highest level, but playing against each other is the next best thing on a, on a big league field in front of a big league crowd, so... It's something we could dream on, um, you know, Rangers, Yankees kind of thing. That'd be that'd be really cool. And when did you guys start playing together? Uh, freshman year, high school. Um, okay. I'd, I'd known him from just the travel ball circuit through middle school. He was he was a big deal since he was like 12 years old. He was always the kid hitting all the home runs as the little guy. And then as he grew, <laughs> yeah. we both we both went through all the summer circuits together, roommates at pretty much all those events in high school, and then both committed to Vanderbilt both really had a strong commitment to Vanderbilt and he was a really good student probably better than me and um, he wanted to go to Vanderbilt his family wanted him to go to Vanderbilt but he grew up a big Yankee fan and um, I think they sold him on you know first rounder that's yeah that's cool correct me if I'm wrong here I remember watching the ESPN 5-10 minute series with you and your father walking around Vanderbilt this is before you get drafted and I think your father at one point said something like hey Keep your eye on Jack, and I don't know what age you were, but were you a late developer? It seemed like in that ESPN thing that it kind of made it sound like, I don't know if it was 14 years old or 16-year-olds, that you were maybe a late developer to become such a big-time prospect. Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't even think I was going to be a pitcher at first. I was just hoping to play college baseball, and I was a second baseman. Um, Freshman year, still kind of, you know, freshman year of high school, still kind of, the smallest guy on the teams um, playing second base and pitching when I could. And then um, I really hadn't pitched much other than working on it with my dad in our backyard. And then wow. sophomore year kind of hit a growth spurt. I always had a good arm for my size. And then I grew a couple inches and I think sophomore year, I might've hit like 87 that summer. And that's kind of, you know, that was a good enough number to get put on the, put on the radar. And then going into junior year, I think that's around when I committed to Vanderbilt but it did feel late at the time now it's like you know sophomore in high school that's a young kid but um, at the time there were kids committing in eighth grade ninth grade and I didn't have much at that time does everybody who goes to Vanderbilt call it the Harvard of the South because I've heard that about a million times when people commit to Vanderbilt do you call it the Harvard of the South I don't Um, I I think I've heard that I've heard it about Duke I, I don't know I don't know who it would really be but it's definitely a challenging academic school, and I, I liked my time there. Very cool. Very right, cool. Do you, how close are you to graduating? I'm close. Um, hopefully I can work it out to where I can graduate this December, but I don't know how likely that is. But 
Getting there. Business degree? What are you looking Business at? minor. The nice. major, it's it's called human and organizational development. It's only at Vanderbilt, so it's one of those you have to explain to everybody, but it's sort of businessy. Yeah, I was trying to you figure out. you going to run a hotel <laughs> yeah, or something? <laughs> That's what, yeah. He's organizing humans is all I got out of that one right He there. can help our hotel. It has this <laughs> smell, and we got to get rid of that smell in that it's just hotel. just always, Mike. It's just always. Well, we appreciate it, and hopefully you won't need to put that degree to use for a good another 15 to 18 years. you got other you got other plans. We Go appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, absolutely. You can put it up on the wall or whatever. <laughs> yeah, your parents would appreciate that. Is we appreciate the time very, very much, and as I'm sure you know, the Metroplex is very invested and very excited for your development. Thank you, I appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. guys. There you go, Jack Leiter, right here on 105.3 The Fan.